Before we get started this week, a reminder, DirtOnDirt.com and Flow Racing have just tons of content right now. Historical races, coronavirus-related articles from our writing team, live re-airs of classic races. Like, we've got the 2000 Show Me 100 on Dirt on Dirt live this week. How fun is that? 20 years ago. Flow has the same thing with all their old USAC stuff and Thunder Relived and everything that goes on the Flow website right now. It's Dream Week on Flow as well. And we've also got... Weekly updates from our video team on how COVID-19 is affecting dirt track racing. So go to dirtondirt.com and or flowracing.com for every piece of content you could possibly imagine. While we are locked in our houses, trust me when I tell you, a subscription to both is well worth it. Flow and DOD, check them out. Let's go. And most importantly, welcome to dirtondirt.com. This is your Rigsby Report podcast presented by Kaiser Manufacturing. Thank you, Scott, for the week of March 30th. How's everybody holding up? We are on about day 17-ish or so of the quarantine in my house. We started a little bit earlier than most, about a day or two. And well, for me, it's not that different than normal. I always work from home, and I'm always in the studio in my house every day. I got to be honest, even though it's not that different, I, I struggled a little bit this past week. In the news business and in the racing business, things are constantly changing and constantly evolving. So no day in my 13-year history of DirtOnDirt.com, no one day ever feels like the day before it. And right now, every freaking day feels exactly the same. Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, it doesn't matter. In Illinois, they are all cold. They are all gray, they are all wet right now, and I am having a hard time distinguishing one day from the next. It's get up, it's go to the office, the day flies by, there's no chance of travel, there's no chance of dinner, there's no chance of movies, there's no chance of anything, and that has been a lot harder on me than I thought it was going to be. So if you're feeling that way out there, I got your back, uh, I can empathize with you, and and I feel the same way too. It's just... By about day seven or eight, it was harder on me than I thought it was going to be. I don't have a really good reason for it, other than what I just said. It's just, it's been more difficult emotionally and physically than I thought it was going to be. Of course, the president coming out and saying that this is likely going to continue all the way until April 30th, and the governor of Illinois just said April 30th, it doesn't make things any easier. I know, I know Easter wasn't going to happen. I mean, we all knew Easter wasn't going to happen. But April 30th, man, that's 31 days from right now. 31 days. So people keep trying to tell me to be positive. Uh, Let's put that behind us. I'm struggling. Let's put it that way. The five Rigsby Report podcasts that I've done up to this point have been more of the sort of historical perspective. And I wanted to flip things a little bit for this one from some of the guys that have shaped the sport in the past, like Doug Bland and CJ Rayburn to a guy that I don't think could literally be more now than Tyler Carpenter, more in the right now in our sport than Tyler Carpenter. He's one of the best personalities, not just in late model racing, but in all of racing, period. One thought I had with him, though, is, has anybody ever really interviewed this guy? We've all heard the sound bites. We've all seen the crazy hair, but has anybody actually talked to him? I'm going to do that here coming up in the next hour. Uh, But before Tyler, I've got a hot take. This feels like one of those things that I'm going to say that I would normally hate when somebody else does. Like, I feel like I'm zigging when everyone else is zagging on purpose. Uh, But I'm not. I promise you, that's not what I'm doing here. iRacing. I just, I don't care that much. (laughs) To to be clear, the iRacing guys have been incredibly nice to us over the years. And I really like them personally. And on a professional level, what they've built and accomplished, their website, their technology, it's unbelievable. It's remarkable. Especially right now, they are shining with a product they created for no- they created from nothing. And for that, hell freaking yes to them because they deserve everything they're getting right now. And then we get the announcement today, the World of Outlaws, Sprint Cars and Late Models are going to la- air live on FS1. Uh, on every Wednesday night during this this quarantine situation. Uh, so that's cool, right? Like, as, as a fan and observer of the sport, we need to be excited about that, and we need to pay attention. If you like iRacing, you need to pay attention to that. For me personally, 
And maybe I'm in the total minority here, but I just don't, I just cannot really get fired up about it. I'm not sure if the good Lord himself came back and placed himself inside a race car and was iRacing that I would really care that much about iRacing. Earnhardt Jr., Larson, Bobby Pierce, Donnie Schatz, I don't really care who it is. I just don't seem to get revved up about it. I tried. I tried to watch the NASCAR one that they did, and I looked. I paid attention. It was six minutes into it, uh, and I was on to an old NCAA tournament game instead. I tried to watch the World of Outlaws one uh, that they did, the first one, the sprint car race, uh, even the late model one that Mike McKinney just won. I just I couldn't watch that either. Somebody help me. Why don't I care more? Is there a particular reason? Am I a broken, soulless monster in these dark times? Is that what this is? I know everybody is trying to make it a thing right now. And again, kudos to Ben Geisler and Brian Dunlap and everybody World Racing Group for. I mean, they got they're going to get the Outlaw brand on Fox Sports One. That's really freaking cool. That needs to be commended. I just don't have it in me for whatever reason, to push it over the finish line. And keep in mind, Dirt on Dirt's Facebook page is airing an iRace next week that pays $4,000 to win. Four grand! And I'm still saying this. Those guys, Derek Kessinger, everybody's done an amazing job of putting that together because I know it matters to a lot more people than me. But this podcast is all about honesty, so I'm just kind of laying it out there. I have tried. I've tried to watch it. And I don't know, for whatever reason, it's like the ballet, right? I don't like the ballet. Some people love the ballet. Some people love the opera. I don't love the opera. iRacing is one of those things. I know I should. I should like it more. But for whatever reason, I just don't. I will say if these things start paying like $50,000 to win or something like that, maybe that'll do it for me. I might be a little more interested if that happens. But right now, the world is kind of nuts over iRacing. And I'm kind of a meh. I'm officially in the meh zone. And now I'm really being honest. I, I just think part of the reason is, I don't know. It's just everybody is so in love with it right now. And, and maybe I'm that guy again. Maybe I'm the guy that's zigging when everyone else is zagging. But for whatever reason right now, my official stance on it is all kind of meh. I'm in the meh zone on it. That's fair. I'm, allow- I'm allowed to feel that way. I admitted it. I said it. Don't forget, Fox Sports 1 Wednesday night. <laughs> it will be live, the outlaws. And 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 uh, and also on our on our Facebook page next week, four thousand dollars to win an iRace. race, I and mean, that is more than a ton of late model races actually pay in the United States. So if you like that stuff, pay attention. For me, I'm meh. I'm mad. Anyway, let's get to Tyler Carpenter. Bomb Chevrolet Buick is focused on treating customers right from the start since 1928. 1928. Bomb has been guiding Central Illinois drivers through the car buying and servicing process, helping you make the right choices for you and your family. Visit us today and be treated like family at Bomb Chevrolet Buick. And a side note, by the way, on this reader, Bomb Chevrolet Buick, the new official live vehicle provider of DirtOnDirt.com. Hoping we have live races at some point, uh, but love the folks at Bomb. They have been awesome to us. So make sure to check out Bomb Chevrolet Buick in Central Illinois. Independent of my work at the Gateway Dirt Nationals for the broadcast, we do a ton of PR work for Cody Summers' team, sort of as it relates to Gateway. And I used the line this year in the PR videos that will be coming out soon. The line I used was, this year, something happened at Gateway. Something took that event to the next level. And I think a big part of that something is joining me now in the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. It is Parkersburg, West Virginia's Tyler Carpenter. Tyler, it's about 1.30 in the afternoon Eastern time on a Tuesday. What is Tyler Carpenter doing at this exact moment? I was in the, talking to you right now, but I was in my shop there tinkering around on the race car trying to find a little more speed in the old girl. When you say tinkering around, is that just, uh, just overlooking it, uh, nuts and bolts stuff, or you know, a little speed secret kind of stuff? Uh, just trying to find a new set of geometry lines to work with and uh, moving stuff around, just checking stuff out while we ain't doing nothing. I was going to say, do you feel like you've got a little more time to do that kind of stuff right now, obviously? Yeah, normally I'm the type of guy that's always last minute. and they, You know what I'm saying? I roll up the track, got to be unloaded and bring my suit on to be ready. And uh, now, heck, we've got all kinds of time. So I ain't sure what to do it myself. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that in a second. I think most people expect me to dive right into the gateway stuff and, and all of that, but I, I want to get to that a little bit later. It really kind of dawned on me while I was preparing to do this interview, does anybody really know you? 
We know you're the guy with the crazy hair and the wild sound bites, but do we know much about you beyond that? So I'm going to do a few rapid fire questions here to start. How old are you? 29. 29. You're almost 30. You're closing in, bud. You're getting close. Getting old, man. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have four and one on the way. When is, uh, it's your fiance, right? Yeah, correct. And when does she do? Uh, the end of May. Oh, wow. So it's getting close here. Boy or a girl, do you know yet? Yeah, boy this time. Okay. Is that, is that your first boy? First one, man. All, all chicks, but now one dude. <laughs> and how your four daughters that you have now? How old are they? Uh, one six, one's eight, one ten, and I got a uh, three year old. Wow! And how much uh, you're engaged now? When is the wedding? Uh, she's wanted to be September into September. <laughs> how do you feel? That's racing season. How do you feel about that? Oh, uh, depends what's going on. <laughs> what do you mean by that? If we're actually racing? No, yeah, I mean, kind of, but we, we're going to schedule it around her. Like, she's working with me with that date. So, I mean, we are getting married, but it's supposed to be on a Sunday. And, it, you know, if it's, um, if we haven't got any racing, then the racing's hopping about that time. We'll just work around the dates a little bit and do a little bit of both. Listen, man, four kids and one on the way. This, there's a little pressure on this marriage right now, right? You got you to, gotta, this is a serious situation here. You got to get this thing taken care of. <laughs> oh, it's no joke to her. Definitely not now. <laughs> I guess I kind I kind of noticed you about seven or eight years ago, but I know you were around before that. Tyler, give me your racing history, and if that means, hey man, I started a go kart when I was five years old. Do you want all that? Yeah, I want all of it. Take me through your entire racing genesis. Give me all of it. Your whole career. How'd you start? How'd you get to hear all of that? All right. Well, let's just say I was just a little rug rat running around helping dad, and uh, dad was in a just kind of like a support class and we just play with our toy cars and you know heck me and my brother both of us love racing but we just play with toy cars so dad was on heck and we got where he's really involved and um we were so young heck well for one thing they had many wedge class and we we never could i mean at that point in time never could afford a mini wedge so um all we could do is just sit there and drool over them like sitting there watching them and watch them and just you know just amazed by how how could we be out there and and we watched Dad race, and then um, Dad had a mechanic shop, and, and we still do kind of, but years ago, and um, he ended up getting an old, just an old clunker car, and um, he said, you boys want that? Well, heck, me and brother was all over it. Heck, yeah, we want it. <laughs> he said, uh, well, it's a standard. You got to learn how to drive it. We didn't even know what a standard was. Didn't even know what it, what it meant. Wasn't automatic, but nothing at that point in time. Heck, we was like probably – nine or ten years old we heck we were just good old young kids playing riding um bicycles stuff like that but um we never was into the whole car deal at that young you know we loved it but we didn't know much about them and uh that's it well there it is he said uh figure it out what do you mean figure it out he said get in and try to figure out how to drive it well so we was at the, up on the hill pulling around that thing in the garage and we, heck, we didn't know what we was doing, so he said, uh, he said, before you tear something up, we better get out to the farm. We have an old farmhouse out there in Ritchie County, and um, we went out there. Big, Just big old fields is what it is, and uh, he turned us loose, and believe it or not, we got we got to figure it out, and he said, well, I, he he, he's, um, he was able to weld and stuff back then, so he said, well, I'll just put your cage in it, and you boys start out in that class, because realistically, it was cheaper to start out in the front wheel drive four-cylinder than it was a mini-wedge, so... Um, me and my brother was just sharing that deal, and one thing led to another, and we got our own cars. We just started working, like, me and my brother took it really serious, and at 10, 11, 12 years old, heck, we was trying to figure out how to make the money and invest in our cars and make a little better equipment, and um, so we was hauling in junk, mowing people's yards, shoveling driveways, whatever it took just to make our racing program a little bit better, and uh, we got end up getting our own cars instead of having to share, and uh, we ran four cylinder class probably four or five years. Um, never really was any good at it. We got to where we were getting <laughs> decent, and everybody started cheating their stuff up. So it it went from just a starter class for everybody to where, I mean, you know how it is in racing. It, somebody jumps in there with a little bit of money and tries to soup up their car and tries to outdo everybody else. So I um I've got probably fifty second place finishes, but I never could win one. I finally won one, and then they then everybody jumped in and said. Man, that kid's just too young. He's going to get hurt. It's just a risk racing with a kid out here. And you know what I'm saying? Because I got to where I was really competitive. I, I wasn't winning, but I was right there for it all the time. Um, a certain car I had was an Eagle Talon. And and this is how 
realistically, my whole number come about. Um, we bought this car and it was rolled. It just a street car somebody rolled over a hillside, which it, it still ran drove good. But we had to cut the top off of it. And the top was junk, so we put a cage in it. And we cut up an old late model frame, I think, to stick it down in that side of this thing. And um, it got down the wire. We was going to be Swiss racing, and we couldn't get that old factory roof to bolt up on it or to weld on it. And it was just way off and mangled and all that. And see, at that point in time, Dad bought a car off of, um, I think it was Harold Redmond Jr. Yeah. It was, the senior, 28. Maybe it's senior. The, the 28. Yeah. yeah. And he, Dad had that old roof laying outside. And I went out there, we just threw that roof on it and just fastened on there. It was literally Harold Redman Sr.'s roof and front one to post and rear cell panels. So we just fastened it on there real quick just to try to go racing. And, and they allowed it. And, and I originally wanted my number, number 20, and it was 28 on the roof. So I just said, paint 28 on that thing. Let's go racing. I don't care what it is at this point. And, um, and that, that, I just never changed my number since. So it's been 28 ever since then. When did you get into late models then? I'm kind of hearing this, the four wheel drive history and all this stuff. So you were racing four wheel drive stuff till you were 15, 16, 17. So when did you kind of get into your first late model? I was probably around 16 years old. Um, it was an old master built square tube car dad had laying around and he rounded up enough parts and went to auction and stuff, got us enough stuff to get this thing together. And, and that was, um, it, it was one of them deals where we couldn't afford two of them, but we got one of them to start out with. And uh, me and my brother were sharing that late model. And um, so on the number for it, it was um, we agreed on a, a number for that car because it was our first late model together. So I couldn't have 28. Chris couldn't have 18 on it. So I, uh, we all agreed on TC4, and that stood for Tyler, Chris, and number four was dad's number. So there you go. That was our, that was our late model number we went with there for a couple of years. So and, um, have you been in late models since then, then? If, if you were 16 or 17, that would have been 13 years ago. So we're talking about 2007. You've been late model racing, be it crate or super since then. Is that about right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Ever since yeah, about 13 years, exactly. Okay. You know, one thing that I love about you, and we're going to get into your racing history a little bit more here shortly. One thing I love about you is I know I can be honest with you and you're going to give it right back to me. You're going to you're going to be honest with me as I am with you. You well, portray that's, that's right. You portray this and I'm I'm using a quote that you've said on air multiple times to me. I'm just a poor white trash kid from West Virginia. I'm not supposed to be here. That's an exact line. I've heard you say it two or three times. Why do you say that? I want to know what well, you, I want to know, but I want to know what you define as a poor white trash kid from West Virginia. I want you to be specific for me. We talking about dirt floors here? What I want people to really understand what you mean when you say that. Well, just the thing is, you know, there was a lot of us racers, and I'm not just saying. You know, I got, I got, obviously, me and my family got more money than we used to, and and I'm I'm tickled to death over that. But you know, I just never forget where I actually come from, and that, and that I just can't lose the mindset, man. We're actually doing big things. We're doing this. We're doing that. And and I, I know people give me hell. I mean, why you say this and why you do that? Just poor boy, we get tired of hearing it. Well, because they just don't know where we come from. I mean, I, it was literally, man, it was it's it was one of the deals where we would skip bills. And I'm not just saying it just for attention, or you know, what I'm saying it. I ain't trying to promote. We're just trying to act like we need money, need help, because it is what it is. But I'm just giving an honest deal here. It was the deal when Dad was racing; he couldn't afford it at all. And and there'd be a time. That, We'd have to figure out how we're going to pay rent, how we're paying utilities, and and we all just worked together and just figured it out. And uh, it it was it was one of them deals we didn't have really have a garage to work out of. I remember when I first started late model class, when I got my own late model, it was just a raggedy old thing. By God, I was proud of it. Um, we I blow a motor or something, which it was only literally. And, I, and when we was racing late model, me and my brother had our own deal just ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whenever it was thirteen years, like whenever we started. We um we buy just cheap pure stock motors. I mean, I remember buying a motor off a of Kurt Rex. It wasn't enough for a pure stock. It was I give him like um six hundred bucks for that thing. And you know, I went and won some races with it in a, in a steel block class, not no super late stuff, but steel block. And I tell you what, I remember blowing like I blew a motor and um well actually what happened was it burnt between the cylinders on the head and the block both. Oh wow! <laughs> and and I um we didn't have a garage to work out of. So I was at dad's house living with dad where there was a tree and we didn't have an engine pool or nothing. We did, but it was up at the mechanic shop and I could take my car there. So I ended up using that tree to pick up 
like I pulled the motor out of the car with like with the round like chain around the tree and got all that got the motor up out of it and I remember having to take the head it was a steel head mixed match heads at that um and I ended up taking a, I couldn't afford a set of heads and I couldn't I couldn't afford to go buy another motor the motor was good just burnt between the cylinders so what I was thinking is I knew a older fellow in Ripley that's helped me years ago and still does current to this day his name was Jake and um he had a stick water well, I'm, I've never worked with stiff water. I've tried it, but heck, I didn't know how to operate that thing. <laughs> and he told me, he said, bring that head down and bring that motor down. He said, we'll weld that up and we'll file it down and make it work. Well, I thought he was nuts, but, you know, I had faith in him. So we took it there and I had him weld up that head and weld up the block and he filed it and grinded around with a grinder. I mean, we didn't have it decked or anything. Just the craziest stuff you'd ever seen in your life. And, you know, it went on to, to win three or four more races. And um, it's just little things like that. People don't know. We we wasn't able to just go buy a crate motor. We wasn't able to just go do this, and and it it's the, the just one thing like our, our daily drivers, our trucks, our, our trailers. It was just the raggediest, junkiest stuff that people just hauled as junky, or they wouldn't even think about going to a freaking gas station, and let alone taking it all across town, states, wherever get racing. <laughs> Do you, you know, you've talked about some of the racing stuff, but you hit on, I want to hit some of that personal stuff. And, you know, your dad and I have talked about this stuff for sure before, but I want you to kind of dive into it. You said you'd skip rent. You'd do, a, what are what are some crazy personal things you guys would do or have to do back in the day? Because this doesn't, this sounds like the whole family was banding together to make this thing work. Do you, do you have some crazy stories, Tyler, back in the day of you guys really kind of pulling your shit together to get it to work? Uh, I got some stories I, I ain't even going to tell, but <laughs> <laughs> give me one of them. Can you give me one? I mean, uh, well, it, it ain't nothing I should even be bragging about, but this, we worked for this old man and, um, he, uh, he had, a, I mean, he's just a hoarder, had all kinds of junk and stuff. We was, we was in desperate need for some junk and stuff. So, um, we, well, at this point in time, aluminum was way up. Well, this guy had all kind of like, stainless steel looking stuff and had a little bit of aluminum whatever and you know um where we used to take our stuff and i'm talking this that's probably at least 12 years ago i mean every bit actually yeah i'd say 12 13 years ago and and we um we loaded the whole truck clear down but um well we had all kind of like stain like it was like um galvanized what i should say it is because it had a shiny look but it wasn't uh stainless but it was uh it just didn't rust really, and we loaded the truck stuff clear down with that stuff and and ha- threw some aluminum on the top. Well, we took it to a junkyard, and they asked what we had in the back of the truck. Well, they seen aluminum on top, and they said, "You guys just got a truckload of aluminum." Well, we just said, "Well, yeah." <laughs> well, we dumped that thing clear out, and uh, we, I mean, heck, they just said, "Do we have aluminum?" We said, "Yeah, we got aluminum." So we dumped it all out right there in the aluminum pile, went across, and they they ended up paying us like. Heck, we had so much weight in there for aluminum, it was like 1500 bucks. <laughs> so we thought we hit the lottery back in. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was crooked. I mean, I, and I regret it now, but, you know, it, it's one of them deals. We was young and dumb, and, you know, everybody's got them stories. If they tell you they don't, they're lying. Well, I just I mean, here's some stuff. But- that's the thing is I, I don't want you to be, like, embarrassed about telling that stuff. What I'm trying to drive home to people is how far you guys have come, right? That's that's the whole point oh, of yeah. That's what I'm getting at. And that's why I love hearing stories like that. I, I We're going to talk later. Oh, I know one, you, and there's some stuff, man. It, it, I mean, nothing. It's it just, you know, being young and dumb. There's a few things I should have been in jail and just got thankful I wasn't. So it's uh, – just I'm glad we matured when we did and we had to earn everything we got. So now we, we respect anything and everything that we've ever had and gotten. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's just, there's just so many of them little things. That, and I'm not just saying, hell, I know 75% of the racing world, people ain't got money or shouldn't be doing it. But you know, it's, I don't say that just because poor me helped me. I don't say that. It's just, I, I just look back while I'm in victory lane and just look at everybody cheering me on. It's like, holy smokes, man. I, you know, I'm not in the NASCAR world, but I, I'm, I'm in generic. You know, people cheering me on. I remember just just starting out late model. I'd give anything to be able to run side by side with somebody. I was so freaking slow and pathetic out there. I shouldn't even be on the track. But, and I just never thought I'd even make it, even think about making it. And then here I am, like, like winning races like I did. Two, two biggest races in my career ever this year, all in one year. Just, you know, it just blows my mind how... I mean, I guess if you just keep digging, 
It'll happen. I, I look, mean, if not, you're the reason it don't. I look at your equipment, and you know, you're not the Rocket House Car team or anything like that. But your stuff's pretty nice now. I know you mentioned this to me. Sometimes people say to you, "I don't want to hear it, man." I look at your stuff, and it's pretty nice. What is your response to people when they say that? Well, and it is now, but you know what? We we didn't just have a sponsor say, "Here, take this. Go hit the ring. Go do this." You know, almost every nut and bolt to a component on that car, we either had to build it or or um, we had to work our asses off to get it, and and it's that's just it's the kind of thing I don't forget, you know. And and just because now that I've won in big races, and thank God, I mean, you know, what I'm saying it's cool that I'm getting a little more help and a little more recognition. But you know, clear up until just these last few years, we've literally did it all on our own. Like, I mean, I'm not knocking any of my sponsors by no means. I appreciate all of them, but you know, they they don't do what people probably think they do do. One thing that I now I don't have any money sponsors. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a guy say, Here, here's four thousand, here's five thousand, here's ten to go do that. I don't have we've never had any of that. So what do you have? What kind of spot I mean, you don't have to give me exact dollar amounts, but are they just smaller than that? But a bunch of small ones is what you're saying? I yeah, just basically a couple thousand dollar sponsor. I mean, as far as money it, it would be huge. You know what I'm saying? That's everybody's normally components like I got Kirk Eisner, Eisner Race Engine, he does all my labor for free on the motors. He does, like, he treats me really good on the motors, and, and there'll be a time, plenty of times, he'll just buy parts that all needing to be. And um, now, just recently, I've, I've got tied in with some, um, well, Bill Steen Shocks. I got tied in with them guys, so I got help with Shocks now. Um, I've landed a few sponsors. It's just basically components, like Weirs, they they help me out in almost everything. I Like, anything they have, they'll, they'll help me out on it. Um, just component stuff now is what I, I mean, have help on that. And you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not greedy and I'm, I just respect anything and everything, you know, and it's, what? I know I, what? I could probably land sponsors, you know, but I don't even know how to get approach people. I just feel like a bum or a mooch. I feel like I can't do it on my own, man. I just don't belong here. One thing that I love about you is that you carry that attitude with you. You feel slighted. You feel like an outcast to a degree, even though I think you are beloved in late model racing right now. I still yeah, think you. I still think. I still bit. think you carry that chip with you. Do you feel like you're carrying that chip on your shoulder, Tyler? And if so, describe that to me. What is that? Is that is that just coming from nothing, or is there something more to that that maybe we don't understand? Well, a lot of it's just a doubt, man. You know. We wasn't raised like in a wealthy environment. Dad didn't have no money. We didn't have no money, and, and we didn't have these shiny cars and just a, a million dollar house you can live in. I mean, we literally just pretty well lived in garbage, you know. And it's and and I appreciate it. You know, I love the fact that Dad was out there busting his tail to help us get what we needed. And 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 you know, we had people when we first started this trip. People literally wouldn't deal with us because we was dirty people, like. Do you not shower? Do you not do this? It's more like, dude, we bust our ass, and what do you what do you do? Just sit back behind the desk, and there've been a lot of doubts and people saying you you guys ain't gonna make it, and um, you look like you're you're on welfare. You need to do this. You know, we probably should have been, and 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 but we wasn't. And it's one of deals where I don't know. It, it just it burns my ass just how people would knock you down before they help you up. You're the that's that's the whole point to me is like you're you're the you're the great success story in our sport. Like and I, I'm not bullshitting you when I tell you that. You are the one thing I like about late model guys versus sprint car guys is there are so many better personalities in late model racing and you're you know if I'm picking the top 2 or 3 interviews in our sport right now, it's probably Bloomquist just cuz it's Scott it's Tyler, oh, Ur- yeah. it's Tyler Herb, and it's you. But here's the difference, I think. I think sometimes those other two guys, Tyler and Scott, even though they are very genuine guys, I think they think about it a little bit more. I think they maybe manicure what they say a little more because they know it's going to get a rise out of people. I don't think you've ever done that in your entire life, have you? When you're doing an interview, have you ever predetermined one thing you're going to say? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, that's why I say people love my interviews, but... I sit back and I don't even like hearing. I was like, man, I just wish I'd, I wish they'd give me a few minutes, you know what I'm saying, to gather a few things up. I just, I let it roll. And, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, but you know, it's, you know, all I can say, you better just give me a minute if you want something clean and a little fancier than what I'm doing. Because it's, it's one of deals. It's just, dude, it's, I'm excited and, and I have nothing to hide. I, I don't care what anybody thinks. When I'm in Victory Lane, I'm Hong Kong for the minute. 
Well, it's funny thing is I called you before this interview and I said, hey, just so you know, this podcast is all about honesty, right? And your 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 take was like, yeah, Michael, I, I know. What do you? We don't even have to have this conversation. <laughs> you're like, that's all I do. And I'm like, you're right. I'm used to having to say that. Is, is there anybody right now that is pissing you off? Do you have a right? I think your biggest rival might be your dad in the Ohio Valley, but is there a driver, a rival, somebody on Facebook? Is there somebody right now that you're just like, I cannot stand this person? Do you got that? Does that exist right now for you or no? You know, if I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there is. If I get on there and read some of them dirt bags, <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't pay no mind to them people because whether they're bitching or, or bragging, if they're even if they're bringing my name up, the hell, they're help promoting me. So keep it up and we appreciate it. And, uh, I just don't even like my girlfriend, she, she's bad about it. somebody says something. She wants to chime in. I said, just let them have their moment. Don't worry about it. Cause that's about the time you chime in. That's what they want you to do. And, <laughs> and I don't pay them to mind. You know, I just let them say what they want, but it's, it's one of the deals. I don't want people to feel sorry for me, and I don't want people to think I'm, I'm – I don't know how to say it. I'm not poor and broke like I used to be. I um, obviously don't have the money I'd like to have, but, you know, none of us do. So. Yeah. Um, it, it, and I, I'm not running junk equipment. You know, we've come a long ways, and I feel like I got a very nice car. I think what I'm lacking on now, and, and it's what a lot of people's lacking on, is just – like it's, it's to the point now in some of these circuits, you, you almost need an engineer and, and – and I, I feel like my car is capable of winning anything if the right people was either, you know what I'm saying? If just for instance, say Davenport and his team got in my car, I guarantee you they could do shit I couldn't imagine doing in it. But it's it's one of the deals you got to know what to work with and how to work with it. And 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 I'm not no, I'm not an idiot. But, you know, I'm nowhere near where they're at as far as level of knowledge. Your dad, Freddie, you mentioned him. Is he your biggest racing influence and also your biggest life influence? Has he kind of just been the rock in your life? Oh, most definitely, man. He's he's one that showed me just how to become a man and, and taught me right from wrong. And, you know, he, I used to, growing up, I was like, man, dad's a dick. You know, he's mean to me. And <laughs> he, he, he just don't treat me right. And, and you know, I... Now getting older and looking back, I'm glad he, he did the things he did. He wasn't doing it just to be mean or wasn't doing it just to tell me that I wasn't allowed to do something. He was just – he was basically the best dad anybody could ask for. And, you know, I, I appreciate that, and and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know. I don't know. He's just – he's the reason I'm where I'm at today. He's just taught me to keep digging, never give up. And uh, if you want it bad enough, go get it. Have you two ever had a physical altercation? Surely you two have had at least one knockdown drag out in your racing career, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, we've we've had a few moments, you know, and, and it's not so much us, but it's one of the deals where we at the shop here, we all race out one shop, and, and our crews, we got obviously separate crews or, or people who helps us, I should say, and you know they, you got people chime in and say we're going to bust you last night, we're going to do this and. And it get it puts pressure on Dad and me both because I'm just gonna show him I can beat him or he's gonna show me he's gonna beat me. So we start pulling sliders, doing this and jabbing, and it it causes a lot of frustration for no reason. Just to just to basically have our crews just to prove them wrong. Like look here, how you like that? And but it's uh, we've gotten away from that a lot. But we do give each other heck all the time. I just tell him flat out, you ain't got it. I'm gonna get you. I'll beat you straight away. And, you know, just jokingly, but. Um, at the end of the day, it's one of them deals where I, I give him the race that needs to be, and he would do the same for me. He started Kryptonite race cars. How many years ago now did he start Kryptonite? Um, and it's stupid that I don't even know, but it's it's probably been at least six, five. Kryptonite, I would say probably maybe seven years. Okay, six years, seven years, because we had we had what we call True Tech. That was our business name, and we was just literally re- doing repairs on people's race cars and building bumpers, and never even thought about doing our own stuff. And and about the time we did, we changed the name to Kryptonite Race Cars, and we continued doing like fixing people's stuff or whatever. But now we got our own brand, and and it's just kind of progressed from there. And do you run that with him? Like, are you a co-owner of that with him? If that's not too personal of a question, I, I'm just interested it, in that. It definitely is. It, He's basically, like, it's obviously his business, but he says flat out, it's your business. You know what I'm saying? He said, right. eventually, I'm going to step away, and it's, it's you. You're, it's, and, and it's one of them deals where, literally, I, I put in so many hours here, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, but, it's, you know, it's, it's one of them deals, you, you want to build an empire, you got to work after it. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, I want an honest response to this, too. And again, you don't have to give me financials and forget the coronavirus for a second. But how, how, yeah. good, how, how good is that business? Is business okay? Business is solid? I mean, kind of take me into the... I know you're not Rocket, right? You're not building 8 million cars no, a year. we're but, obviously not building uh, that many cars a year. I mean, we're, we're more of like... Um, we do an average of like 40 to 50 cars a year. And, you know, that's, we're really busy. Like, even if it ain't building chassis and we're doing repairs or body work. I mean, realistically, I feel like we're, we're doing good enough now to where we used to have to have like side work. Like yeah. you just never know how the racing industry is working. Like you gonna have work or you wasn't, but now we don't even have to worry about that. We're so steady here. How's this, uh, how's your stuff been during this time though, Tyler? Cause I mean, really, you know, we rain out so much in March and April. We have a lot, you guys are probably pretty steady still right now. I'm guessing from Corona, right? Oh, we are. And that's like some of that, you know, I, I'm, been taking some of the stuff down to my house and doing it just that way when we're able to open back up you know we're we're not getting behind or, or further behind than what we was so, i mean it's i'm just thankful that we have progressed enough and got enough people's attention that they're they're starting to have a little faith in us and and understand that we're just not some jack wagon that's gonna lie to you guys we we offer the best of our knowledge to any of our drivers and we're willing to help anybody even if you're not in, in one of our cars you know what i'm saying we're just we're just people trying to help people. What is your ultimate vision, you and your dad, for Kryptonite? And be as honest with you can be as me about this. In, in your wildest dreams, Tyler, what is Kryptonite? I, I, I second guess it sometimes, but you know, it's, it's um, I just sometimes I wonder even like like when we go to East Bay, I, I ask that stuff. Why do we even bother? You know, it's, we're so far behind. I mean, I don't understand what we're doing wrong. We'll leave East Bay and then we'll go anywhere in our local region or even some of these other tracks and just smoke them like no competition and and we just get down on ourselves so much it's, and we shouldn't because i mean you know, east bay is a struggling track for a lot of people oh yeah and, yeah but it's it's one of them deals to where i mean i don't know we, we want to just accomplish so much stuff and it, it, it's tough to do it in the dark you know it's i feel like we're not just drivers you know i mean we are but we're, we also got a business so we got to prove more than just your average joe and Sometimes it's tough to do, but we're constantly working and striving to make it happen. And sometimes that's why we go somewhere and look like idiots because we got to understand we got to figure it out and make it happen. Do you want to build? The, are you a company? You don't want to build a hundred cars a year, do you? That's not what you want. No, to be honest, I like to build ten or fifteen cars a year and and have my stuff together right to where people really want them, and and just tell them, boys, just tell me we're selling a year, and, and you know I like to just go racing and go hit a little more. I mean, hit, do some more stuff on different kind of circuits. Um, with as many kids I got, I don't know if I'd ever be able to just run a whole full tour. But, you know, I'd love to. Uh, yeah. There's just so many different, like, I have to go about things just so differently just because the family at home, I, I can't just, you know, you got four kids, one away, and a girlfriend, fiance, whatever, you know, it. it you can't just say, hey, I'm going to race, and I'm going to go here for a month, or I'm going to live on the road. It's something you'd have to really plan out and, and have your ducks in a row to make something like that happen. But, um, but no, we're going to go until we can't go no more on the whole kryptonite deal. And, you know, it's just we want to have I – don't, I don't never claim to be the best in the market and probably never will be, but we want to be amongst them. Take, and that's, that's all I ask, you know. It's, take your data. You never hear me say I'm better than you or our stuff's way better than that or rockets are junk, longhorns are junk. You know, we need every manufacturer. I feel like it, it's cool to have – Different options. I mean, it's no different Chevrolet, Ford, Dodge. We need that in the dirt world. Take your dad out of it for a second. Who are the guys in racing that you are think? Who do you think's good? Or if you're going to pick their brain for advice, who are those guys? Take your dad completely out of it. Who are the guys that Tyler Carpenter goes, Jesus, that guy's good, or that guy's good, or I'd love to talk to him. Who are those people for you? Man, there's so many of them. But, I mean, if you, you just speak on the top circuits, I would have to talk or, or really – and it's even crossed my mind to approach people like, hey, man, I'll take a couple of months off, come help you guys, you know, just to help understand how people doing stuff. But um, I'd have to say definitely like Jonathan Davenport and Jason Durham, like them guys, them's cool guys, and they're, they're like very intelligent. So, I mean, I have to say them for sure. Scott Bloomquist, Chris Madden. Um, there's just so many people I like to just pick brains. And if not even so much drivers like that, there's there's just some people with it's over top of the drivers is feeding them the knowledge that I like to just help like you know what I'm saying I like just just communicate a little bit just don't tell me your secrets just like let's talk a little bit. So, so J I, mean, it, I don't J anybody other than JD 
What is it? Anybody other than JD? You said Jonathan. Anybody else? Yeah, uh, Scott Bloomquist for sure. And and you know, and it's sad to say I've never, and I've just missed him because I had the kids at Disney. But I've never got to meet um, old CJ Rayburn. Yeah, I like to just talk to that guy. You know, it, you hear all these stories and this and that, and I just, he just seems like a cool dude. I like to just get to get to know him and talk to him a little bit before you know anything could happen. Yeah, no doubt. The Dome, we have to talk about the Dome a little bit. If I asked you right now, nearly four months after the Dome, what do you remember most about the weekend? What would you say? Just all the support I had and just all the raw emotions, just how everything just perfectly fell in place. You know, we had that whole Manning deal, a niece of mine that she was in desperate need for help. And, you know, it, it, the insurance company backed out and all kind of stuff happened. And, and we went in there kind of like upset and down the dumps because you weren't sure what's going to happen there. And, um, you know, we went to that, we went to the dome feeling really confident, you know, being a short track, it kind of equals it out. So, I mean, we was there really confident, but you don't know how things will turn out. You've got to just stress the fact that, man, we even make the show. I mean, people talk about winning, but at first you even going to make the show. So, um, and, and then, you know, once we got through the first night, my initial goal was just to finish top three in the feature. Cause you know, then I'm locked in the big show. And, uh, Man, when I when I won that, I, I seriously do think I was more excited the first night to an extent, you know, because man, I won the dome and it, it it'll never happen again. Like it was just the craziest stuff I ever experienced in my life. And and you look up and it's just like you're this rock star, superstar type dude. <laughs> and everybody's looking at you and sharing the, the planes flying and you know, it's just like holy smokes, man, it, it we did it, man. That that's just I was just so ecstatic. It was, it was just, uh, I don't, I really don't know how to explain it just because it was just raw emotion. Like I was, I was pretty pumped up, man. I was pumped up. I still get pumped up talking about it. <laughs> I believe that it changed your career forever. That, and that's from the outside looking in. Do you tell me, do you think it changed your life and career forever? That win? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Because I mean, as a racer, I had a goal. I mean, realistically, my only goals as a racer, like, some realistic goals that's going to be tough to do was to win a circuit race. Like I want to win a Lucas Oil race. I want to win a World Outlaws race. And once I achieved that, I was like, maybe somehow somewhere down the road I'll win a win a crown jewel. Because you had people on the internet. What's Kryptonite done? Name one Lucas Oil race. Name one. You know what I'm saying? Where do they really stand? They're just trash. They're just this. And 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 everybody says, well, have they ever won a crown jewel? You just had stuff like that. And I said, well, I'm telling you. It's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Either one of our guys or, or me or dad, it's going to happen. And and that's just why, I mean, I, just the fact that the the gateways, the crown jewel, man, I was just so pumped. Like, that was a huge bucket list there. Like, I, I knocked that off the list. And, and it's something I didn't think I was going to achieve for another 10, 15 years, even if I was. But, you know, I'm, I'm digging towards them so hard, I'm not going to give up unless until I have to. All right, we're going to finish this with a series of true or false questions, all right? So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you this question and say true or false. You tell me if this actually happened to Tyler Carpenter, okay? You ready for this? All right. <laughs> true or false, when you were a kid, you would sneak into Skyline because you guys didn't have any money. You'd sneak into the pits. No, that's true. <laughs> you got any backstory on that or no? Just hop the fence or uh, what? Well, uh, at Skyline, you just walk down that gravel road. You used to, and Lou Hubbard had it, and, and you could walk her back in the gravel road and go through the woods and come out of the out in the where they didn't have a fence. <laughs> and when we get in there, Dad give us hell. He said, "Well, you gonna get me thrown out of here? Get the hell back up in the stands, this and that." And I said, "Dad, we want to be back here with you." He said, he said "Yeah, but he said you're gonna get me thrown out." And, and you know, is one deals. That's that's what I'm talking about. When, when I say people don't know where we come from, like we were so involved, but they're just there was a time and place we really couldn't do it and, and dad was still trying to do it. And so he stuck us up in the stands and we just want to be involved. You know, it's, we want to be back here with dad and help tinker on the race car. And so that, that's definitely true. And it's some of that stuff I regret, but it's cool <laughs> memories. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for nothing. All right. True or false. Matt Long is one of my good friends. Matt races a crate and he works at Charlotte Motor Speedway. True or false. Last year, your fan base, which by the way, and we, I didn't say this, you have a, and I, I mean this as a compliment. Your fans are lunatics, and I mean that as a compliment. You and the way you oh, own, you own more. West Virginia. People don't get how much the Carpenters are loved in West Virginia and the Ohio Valley. They almost beat Matt Long's crew up last year. For him, his crew was giving him signals at I seventy seven, and they were blocking your fans' view. True or false? That happened. 
I really don't know. I I would say probably true knowing some of the fans <laughs> I got, but it I don't I, I haven't heard about it, but I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, all right, we're gonna call it true for for the sake of argument. Uh, true or false? When you started racing with your dad. You guys worked out of a Kwanzaa hut. That Kwanzaa hut had dirt floors, and you guys would actually have to store your cars outside at night. That's how bad you wanted to race, true or false? That's true. Wow. Give me a little background on that. Well, it was just a, well, just a shop, and we got it now, and it's actually got concrete in it. But it was one of the deals where Dad had a shop up up on the hill, and it, it's just basically nothing but a big storage unit now. But um, And we had a shed built off the side of that as a two-saw shed, but it was just dirt. Me and my brother went and, well, we worked and scrounged up enough money to go get some gravel hole in there so our cars could sit on the gravel instead of just dirt. And we took some wood and built us our own workbenches and stuff. And, you know, we was tickled to death. But obviously it was cold. And when it rained, <laughs> we got rain there. And um, it was just a disaster. But we it was just one of the deals where if we had our own little garage stall and we wasn't bothering Dad. So that was definitely true. Last true or false question. True or false, when your dad started racing, he would go over to Steve Shavers, of course, another legendary West Virginia driver, and pick up things that, that Shaver didn't want, and then he'd put him on his own car. One time, he got some stuff of Shavers that maybe Shaver wasn't quite done with yet, and he put it on his own car, and then he had to go back and return it to a less-than-happy Steve Shaver. True or false? Well, that that's true, but let me tell you a false part about it. <laughs> All right. Fact that, um. And I'm not just saying it to make us look better. It's just it's it's just a true part of it. Um, Dad used to go over there all the time, buy tires off of him, buy some old body panels, and, and just whatever because it's better than what he had. And I guess there was a guy that got a. I mean, I don't even remember what it was. Been so long ago. I don't know if it was a nose piece or or what it was. But they brought it over and gave it to Dad. Said here, um, Schaefer said you could have that this and that. And Dad said, well, hell yeah, it's way better than I got. So he pulled it on. Well, then I guess it was. It wasn't trash, or he didn't give it to the guy, and 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 Dad ended up making Dad look like a thief, realistically. Yeah, and and that is not like that part is not true. You know, we've all did dumb shit, but it, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I heard I, the I've same. Never really talked to Dad about his crazy stories, but I don't think Dad would steal from anybody. No, and I heard a similar situation. I just I know Shaver a little bit, so I wanted to get that out there. Last question, Tyler. I, I know it's early in your story. But you tell me, how do you see the next several chapters of the Tyler Carpenter book going? What do you see? How do you see it playing out, bud? Well, to be honest, I, I don't know. But I, I feel like it's only going to keep going up. Like, I'm only going to get better and faster and accomplish more stuff. Because, you know, I went from winning a race or two a year to, to I, I, and I'm just saying a local deal, went from winning a, a race or two a year to 10 to 15 to 20 and then one year at 135 super late races in one year just around my hometown and and now i'm winning 10,000 15,000 20,000 and even 30,000 now you know it's it's just crazy that it, it just keeps getting bigger and better and I, I think to myself man i'll never beat that year i'll never top that year it's not going to happen it, it was just a, a crazy year you know what i'm saying just a rare moment and, and it somehow i managed to always top that previous year and you know you're not always going to, but it's one deals where you can't. You got to set a goal and get after it. You can't just continually think negative. And, I and I'm bad about that. I, I'm down on myself every time I go to a big race. It's like, man, like them guys taunt me a little bit. Like I wonder, like, man, I shouldn't even be here. I'll be sitting and shoot beside them guys, and it's like, damn, I got to race these guys. They're going to smoke me this and that. And there'll be a time I put it on them, or they put it on me, and it's. It, I normally don't let people bug me, but when I get to a big racer, if it, and you ask racers, you get, you still get butterflies or this or that, or you get nervous around here. I just say, heck no, you know, I, it is what it is. But when you go run them big circuit or, or a circuit race, I get that, that old stuff back. So it's, I mean, it's a cool deal just because you, it's just a, another adrenaline deal. You're just sitting there nervous and wondering how it's going to turn out, what's going to happen. You're going to make the race. And so it's, it's one of the deals where, I don't know, you just got to keep digging and don't let anything hold you back. And if there is something to hold you back, let it go. I wanted to share this with you before I let you go. This is from somebody who you do a lot of business with. And as you can probably tell by the questions you've got, Tyler, I do a lot of research and talk to a lot of people. And this is a quote from somebody that does business with you. Hands down, my favorite customer. He's very grateful for everything I've helped him with. He definitely makes it easy to help. And I wish every single racer 
was like Tyler Carpenter. I'm not going to tell you who said it, but what do you think when you hear that? I just think that's awesome, man, because it, it and I don't know, like I said, I don't ask for nothing, but just the, the fact I got somebody trying to help me out and, and they're, they're appreciating the fact that, I mean, and that's one thing I want everybody to know. Anybody that tries to help me or has helped me in the past, it's appreciated and always will be, you know, and, I just don't never want anything to end on bad terms because it's not meant to be that way. And um, I just think it's cool that obviously I'm doing something right for somebody that's helping me. Well, Tyler, we talked for a solid 40 minutes, man. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because I could interview you all day long. You you were honest and open and transparent, and I really appreciate that. I know you're busy. You got four little girls you got to take care of, and you got another little boy on the way on top of everything else you're doing. So I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, what, what do you, Tyler, when, let me get you quick. When do you think? When's your first race? Do you have any idea? It, when do you think we're going to race again? Boy, it's, um, make me wonder if we're even going to get to. But <laughs> Don't say I'm that. I'm here within a month or two we'll, uh, we'll get to go racing because I'm telling you, I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> As I say, I'm never the type of and – and I'm still not ready. You know, I ain't even got the body on the car. Like, I feel like, well, what's the, what's the big hurry now? Yeah. I'm tinkering on dumb stuff. So I'm going to fool around and still be late, but um, I, I'm ready, man. I, I'm never ready to quit racing, even when the cars are beat up and clapped out and – Shouldn't even be ran another time. I I don't never want to quit. I like to race year round, but um, I just hope this virus chills out and and everybody just eases through it and everything turns out good and we get to racing because it, you know, it ain't just racing. Everybody needs to get their life back to normal and get things rolling like it should again. All right, buddy. I'm gonna you get back to work and I'm gonna sit here and beat the buttons on my computer. Okay. <laughs> All right, you keyboard warrior. Uh, thanks, Tyler. You be good. Okay. See you, man. See you. Thank you, buddy. Bill Stein is back. Built in Mooresville, North Carolina, Bill Stein continues to make its mark in dirt track racing with over 100 U.S. engineers on staff, including well-known names like Kevin Rumley and Vinny Giuliani. Bill Stein is manufacturing more parts now than ever before with unparalleled technology and inside knowledge. I'll say it again, Bill Stein is back. Thank you to Tyler Carpenter this week. Derek Kessinger, I think back with his podcast next week. We have some new content planned, though, so that might replace this podcast. I'll keep an eye on that, what him and Turbo are up to. And then I should be back the week after that. We keep this content train rolling. Keep checking Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing. It's honestly, it's like hilarious at this point how much content there is. There's like, you couldn't, I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but you couldn't watch it all if you tried. There's so much content. Uh, by the way, I think I'm going Bill Fry next. I think it's time for Fry on the Rigsby Report. I'm going to hold off on Kyle Larson for a bit. He's coming at some point, but I'm feeling Bill Fry. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Keep it locked to DOD and Flow. Appreciate it.